This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Callan Walker. Today on the show, we get a look at the first U.S. report on crashes involving driver assist and automated driving systems. Toyota pushes back against criticism that it's going too slow on EVs. And the latest Ford recall involves almost 3 million vehicles. Plus, Automotive News used car reporter C.J. Moore talks about the forces shaping the present and future of the wholesale used car market. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. If you've been wondering about crashes involving driver assist or automated driving systems, now there's a report for that. For the first time, the nation's top highway safety agency has released data on crashes involving vehicles with advanced driver assist systems or automated driving systems activated. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration cautions that the data is preliminary and lacks proper context. It's just too early to read too much into this. But it does say Tesla and Honda reported the vast majority of crashes of vehicles equipped with Level 2 ADAS. As automakers add more driving assist features to vehicles, NHTSA wants to understand their role in crashes, such as whether they're caused by flaws in the technology or by misuse by drivers. This report is an early step in that process. Toyota is pushing back against critics who say it's been slow to embrace electric vehicles. The Japanese automaker says it needs to offer a variety of powertrains to suit different markets and customers. Toyota has come under fire from some investors for not phasing out gasoline-powered cars and for its lobbying on climate policy. Today, at its annual general meeting, the company doubled down on its position that it'll stick with technologies that made it a leader in cleaner cars. That includes fuel cells and full hybrid vehicles. We see recall announcements all the time, almost every day. What makes today's recall from Ford so eye-popping is the sheer number of vehicles involved. Almost 3 million vehicles fall under this recall. It involves a gear-shifting defect that is linked to four alleged injuries. It covers certain escapes, C-maxes, fusions, transit connects, and edge models. Ford is aware of six claims of property damage and over 1,600 warranty reports. Earlier this week, we talked about the big trucker strike in South Korea that was causing problems for automakers there. Well, the strike is now over. Striking truckers reached an agreement with the government and are returning to work immediately. That's after a week off the job protesting soaring fuel prices and demanding minimum pay guarantees. The strike forced Hyundai to cut production and added to the strain on global supply chains. Under the agreement, the Korean Transport Ministry will provide subsidies to help with fuel costs. And those are today's headlines. Now, Jamie, you're actually in Washington, D.C. right now for the Automotive News Congress event tomorrow. You're sitting not too far away from where the U.S. auto safety regulators are doing their work. Our top story today is about the new study, Crashes Involving Driver Assist and Automated Driving Systems. Now, what do you think people should keep in mind when they hear this story? Yeah, you know, this technology is still pretty new and it's still 
evolving and improving pretty rapidly. So I think they're trying to get a handle on, you know, how it's used, does it work well enough? And when do people become over-reliant and maybe too trusting of the technology and not paying enough attention behind the wheel? Right. And we'll know more when we see future versions of this report. Now, uh, coming up on Daily Drive, the wholesale used car market has been a moving target, and that has big implications for dealers. We'll hear Jamie's conversation with automotive news reporter C.J. Moore about what you need to know next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130,000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing. 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. There's been a lot of action in the used car market. Big players changing hands, record high prices, pivot to online auctions. Automotive news retail reporter C.J. Moore has been covering the swirl of activity. She wrote several stories for this week's issue, and now she's here with us on Daily Drive. C.J. Moore, welcome to Daily Drive. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Good to have you back. You've been writing a bunch of stories for this uh, most recent issue of Automotive News about changes to the auction industry, the wholesale auctions, uh, how used cars get back to dealers so they can get sold to all the consumers who need them. There's been a lot of change and a lot of disruption in that market, which is why you, you had to write so many stories about it. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of the big changes <laughs> has been, you know, the, the big deal between Car Global and Carvana, uh, with Carvana, the big uh, online used only retailer, buying Odessa, buying the, the physical auction assets from, from Car Global. How has that deal changed the shape of the wholesale auction industry? Yeah, so that deal really, you know, sort of made waves in the in the whole industry. So Car Global, as we know, is a wholesale auctions provider. They ultimately decided to divest of Odessa US, which it was their physical auction unit um, in the United States. And they, you know, sold that to Carvana for $2.2 billion. And, you know, that transaction closed last month, as we're all aware. But that, like I said, shook things up among a lot of folks in the industry. Uh, we saw some of the companies that had long done business with Odessa shift their business to Mannheim and others, right? I mean, that really, a lot of, because a lot of companies 
presumably not that they're saying it but presumably right they don't want to give over their precious inventory to carvana right they're not gonna they're not necessarily going to say it <laughs> um which which we found out but some automakers have transitioned you know some of their auction dealings over to Mannheim, which was a longtime competitor of Odessa US and, and dealers too. Dealers are also weighing, do they really want to now do business with something that's owned by Carvana, which a lot of them see as, you know, their their sort of competitor. And yeah. especially in the in the used vehicle retail space. Which is such an important profit center for most dealers, even franchise dealers with highly valuable <laughs> new car, uh, new car brand franchises, uh, their used car business is super important to them. So one thing I wondered, has Carvana said much about its plans for the auction business? Is that something that it intends to maintain? I mean, I think we'll ultimately find out more about what they exactly plan to do with Odessa US, that name, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, in the future. I know that as of right now, Carvana has talked, you know, at length um, about trying to get a lot of these, you know, Odessa U.S. physical sites that are left behind or, well, that were included as part of that, you know, deal that closed in May. They're trying to get those, you know, ready to recondition more vehicles so they can turn those and ultimately, you know, sell them. Carvana has some pretty ambitious growth goals, but they might not need all of those facilities just for reprocessing vehicles for them to sell. I, I'm just curious, yeah, if, if the auction business is something they're really clinging to or, I mean, they've said, I feel like they've said they want to maintain it, but obviously the bigger priority is growing the Carvana business. Yeah. You know, a priority is definitely growing the retail side of the business, but it's not like they're going to just, you know, ditch the auction side of it entirely. Right. Right. So at the same time, we've also seen some new entrants. Some automakers have gotten more involved in used vehicles. Are those auctions as well or are they really just another channel that's uh, siphoning used vehicles away before they get to auction they're the latter so you know you have you know general motors which is you know planning to sort of go all in with car bravo it's sort of used retail site it's not an auction um necessarily and then obviously you know ford has come out with ford blue advantage it's similar in a sense the point being that Car Bravo, Ford Blue Advantage, other used retail sites that automakers are, you know, developing and putting out, you know, and establishing, those ultimately can end up siphoning, you know, more vehicles from the traditional auction space. So perhaps, you know, those vehicles aren't flowing back into, you know, what we think of as a traditional auction. Right, right. Yeah. And at a time when it's uh, it's so fractured and there's so such limited supply, right, it, it gives the, maybe those brands an advantage to get that early access, but it, it hurts the auction business and, and definitely changes the flow of uh, used vehicles. Certainly. So since COVID and the chip shortage, production has really been suppressed for more than a year. Leasing is way down. How has the decline in leasing impacted the used car market and wholesale auctions? Leasing is, you know, typically a, a huge factor in the in the wholesale auctions. And those necessarily weren't, you know, flowing back into the auctions, you know, in the first place. So what some dealers have told me and, you know, what they would say is that you, you go to an auction nowadays and you might not be able to find, you know, a, a 
like a nice clean one to two year old vehicle, even, you know, three year old vehicles, those really sort of got eaten up, you know, because they were favored over say, you know, uh, a 10 year old vehicle. Yeah, there's just so, uh, so little production. And and to your point about the one and two year old vehicles, right, the rental car companies have been very depressed. Uh, not as, not nearly as many vehicles flowing to them in the last during the pandemic. And that's that had always also been a, a really big source uh, that's dried up. So the prices overall are up tremendously from the early days of the pandemic. Yeah. So higher wholesale prices became a pain point for dealers really all throughout the last year. So in 2021, they didn't follow typical seasonal highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what struck some forecasters as really surprising um, is just how they grew in September 2021 and kept growing, you know, throughout the fall and winter months. And the Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index, which is, you know, an industry indicator of wholesale prices, reached a record in January 2022. You know, there has been some alleviation since then, but, you know, those prices, those wholesale prices remain elevated year over year significantly. And as you reported, right, even even with some of the recent declines, the prices are up 57% from March 2020 to May 2022. Although interestingly, they they have come down a bit lately. What what's happening there? So they have come down a bit. Forecasters are saying that they could come down, you know, a little bit more, you know, through the summer. As of right now, people you know, forecasters don't expect them to, you know, balloon again like they did throughout 2021. You know, it's such a curious uh, scenario because traditionally, right, used cars only decline in value and even new cars, right? As soon as you buy a car, you drive it off the lot and it falls in value. And we've been in this bizarro world where used car prices keep going up. The value of a 2015 Camry just keeps getting higher, Uh, but it can't go up another 60%. That's just not even possible, it seems. Right. That would be insane. But, you know, if you look at the current environment we're in, you know, demand is still there from the consumer side, at least. And, you know, demand was really also what helped drive, you know, prices up in in 2021. But but now, like, demand with, with the inflation that we're seeing, demand could be, you know, tamping down sort of this surge that we saw, right? This this surge, it, it's, it might be affecting that. So forecasters are saying that prices aren't necessarily going to jump like they did in 2021. Yeah. There's so many people that probably have been just priced out of the used market, you know, mm-hmm. who used to would be able to buy a, a $20,000 used car. And now that $20,000 used car is selling for 30,000 and they're stuck right in the bus or whatever. But dealers, because the prices have gone up so much, dealers have had to adapt. They've had to change their behavior and how they acquire cars. What, what are they doing about it? For a long time, you know, the way that dealers would get vehicles was via the traditional auctions. So they would, they would travel to an auction and look for inventory there. Now there are just fewer options for them there because volume at traditional auctions has dwindled over the last few years. And a lot of dealers these days are finding that they can get, you know, decent used vehicle inventory through trade-ins or 
buying directly from the consumer. A couple of the dealers that I've spoken to prefer that method because it means they, the history of the car might be a little more apparent, whereas it's not always so easy to know, you know, looking at a car in an auction lane. I mean, as we've been talking about, some dealers just aren't really keen on these wholesale prices being what they are. And, you know, some auctions adjust auction fees to wholesale prices, which means the dealers don't <laughs> like that because they pay a larger fee to use the auction. And and then now if you now if you think about it, dealers are gonna have to weigh the cost of traveling to and from auctions because with gas prices being as high as they are, you know, that might tack more costs onto the whole process. Yet another factor, absolutely. So you know, you talked about the the cost of going to the auction. And you know, we've seen a rise in digital retail in selling cars to consumers. Is that still happening within the auction business? The auction landscape is is shifting. It's safe to say that digital options are popping up on the wholesale side too. You know, you've got the the big two. Um, you got you've got Mannheim and Car Global both saying that they are fully prepared to try offering dealers more digital options. So. Car Global, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, really kind of went all in on that because they're going to focus on being a pretty much online business offering, you know, digital dealer to dealer marketplaces and such because, it, you know, after they got rid of, you know, Adesa US after they sold it to Carvana and then Mannheim has been offering digital options like simulcast for for years and really the auctions the auction companies had to sort of focus more on the digital side you know when the pandemic came about that really accelerated their sort of wanting to shift to more digital and hybrid options yeah and you know, i think you reported even Mannheim is 80% digital you know still mm -hmm. uh still active in in physical but the fact that their business, I mean, I don't know many auto dealers that have gone to 80% digital. So that's a, that's a really profound shift in their business and a real big change in the whole auction landscape. Definitely. It's had a huge impact. Mannheim president, Grace Huang, told me that that was a pretty large jump because prior to the pandemic, their digital sales, you know, comprised 50%. So it was a pretty big jump, you know. Mm. To, compared to now. Absolutely. Well, it, uh, nothing could say more about the change in the in the industry than Mannheim going from 50% digital to 80% digital. Mm -hmm. That really tells you, tells you what you need to know, doesn't it? Certainly. All right. CJ Moore, used car reporter at Automotive News. Thanks so much for joining Daily Drive. Thanks for having me again, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the wholesale used car market, supply chain woes, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 